Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff, and today I want to talk about year two. In today's episode, I want to talk about the second year of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So look, you just finished year one. Huge congrats. Most people do not make it a year. But you're getting ready to start year two and you're thinking about goals, you're thinking about how you want your game to develop, and you're probably thinking about the blue belt. A lot of people feel the blue belt might be on the horizon. I feel like most people's goal is to get their blue belt in two years or less. At the end of their second year, they'd like to be a blue belt. Now, I've done episodes where I've talked about skills that white belt should be working on. I've talked about the first six months of training, even the first year of training. I even did an episode titled The Blue Belt, one of my most popular episodes where I talk about skills you should be looking to obtain to earn your blue belt. But this episode is going to be a little bit different because I never really focused on that second year, what year one to uh, year two should look like. And I've been thinking about this a lot. I've had uh, two students actually ask me about that. Uh, One guy was just specifically like, hey, like, I just finished my first year, and I really love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I want to maximize my growth in this second year. And he asked me that about a month ago, so I've been kind of pondering, and this is the advice I would give him and give you guys that are in that second year. So at the end of your first year, I'm imagining you've spent a lot of time on defense. Most guys, almost all of us, 95 plus percent of us spend the majority of our first year just learning to survive, get comfortable and survive. So that's why it's super important for year two, I think, to start thinking offensively. Get offensive. Learn how to train offense. Now, I imagine you've got one or two subs that you've hit before kind of your go-to moves. Now, whatever they are, I would highly recommend you think about the person at your gym who's really good that also does that move and ask them for advice. So if somebody came to me on the guillotine choke, like, hey, I noticed like I hit the guillotine a lot. It's kind of my go-to move, but you know, I just, I want to get better at it. This is what I would tell. First, we'd go over the finishing mechanics. So Figure out the finishing mechanics for your move. And then from there, I would put them in two or three spots that I feel like was the best place to train and to hit that movement. So with the guillotine, I'd probably put them in like a quarter guard or even side control. And then the turtle position. So we'd be tacking the front headlock, looking for the guillotine from the turtle, and then quarter guard and side control. The moment they went in underhook, we're going to use that to wrap the head. And there's a bunch of different guillotine variations, but we're not focused on it at all. We're just going to go over the traditional guillotine. We're not thinking about all the different ways, you know, that you can finish and attack. Like we're just thinking about good sound finishing, like guillotine finishing mechanics, as well as just a couple of places that they can look to enter into the guillotine. And um, I would really stress the importance of like, look, you got to train this on somebody that you are better than. And that's the big thing. Like once you've been training a year, you've been the doormat, right? You were the guy that everybody was going to. 
the, you know, hey, you've been training six months. All the blue belts are coming to you to try the move of the day on, the move they saw YouTube on. And now you've got to start turning yourself into that guy. Look, we're all the same. At 10th Line Indicator, we treat every single student the same because we realize how important everyone is. And you got to realize like, okay, it's time for me to take my next step and I need to start dictating some of my rounds. I need to start picking guys that I can run certain movements on. And so, yeah, if you're working on your guillotine, you might pick a guy that, you know, it's been a couple months that's got a little bit of a wrestling background because they're going to go to their turtle more and they're going to just lead with their head more. You might pick a guy that you've got a little bit of size on. It's going to be easier for you to put them in positions for you to succeed with the guillotine. And you're learning how to pick training partners. That's so important for skill development is that you learn how to choose the correct training partners to train with. And that should all start happening from year one to year two. Now, after you start having more success with like the guillotine, you might go back to that same person or a, a different person that also is like really good at that movement and just get a couple of more entries, get a couple of more like different ways. Like how do you counter the counters? And that's going to really sharpen. It's going to really take your offense to that next level because you're going to get to the point where you're really comfortable. You know, you've been training a year and a half. You're going to get really comfortable, you know, tapping a guy that's been training six months. But as you start to, get further along in this second year, you know, you're going to start being able to put blue belts, some more experienced guys under threat, and you're going to need to uh, be able to deal with their counters. You're trying this offensive movement. They're going to try and counter that, and you need to be able to counter the counter. And so all that's happening in year two. And I just really think that guys that, like, get offense and, like, really start focusing on offense early on and, like, learn how to add offense into their game, they just have more fun. They're more motivated to come train because it sucks, man. If you're always playing defense and you're just always surviving, like that gets old, you know, it definitely does. Now I definitely have training sessions where I focus more defensively, but it's a lot more fun to choose to play defense rather than just being forced to. And so get better at offense. And for whatever reason, I mean, I shouldn't say for whatever reason. I, I mean, I really think that the submission is the purest um, expression of grappling. And so, yeah, when you, when you start getting offensive movements and you kind of turn into this offensive juggernaut, um, people just people talk about you. And you're definitely going to be way closer to your blue belt um, than your peers uh, that are less offensively minded and are less offensively developed. So the second thing is that guard retention. Guard retention to me really opens up the entire game. It will, it's what allows you to have pure like and true confidence on the, the bottom. Because as I said, like, yeah, you might play defense. You might be good at surviving. But at the same time, you're not really accomplishing much. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're still suffering, right? But when you're able to start retaining your guard and you're able to keep guys at bay and you're able to keep your distance especially against opponents that are larger than you it just gives you so much confidence to try things especially when you're on top and so as we're getting more offensively focused in this second year we also want to focus on being able to recover our guard from there it's going to be way easier to stand back up it's going to be way easier to sweep and just find offense and 
That's super important. So train your guard recovery. The big, big thing about guard recovery that I think a lot of people um, like really miss is they, they overemphasize their shrimping, like the importance of shrimping, and they don't do enough like leg work. Like if you just learn to pummel your legs, which I really think should be a skill that you're improving like year two. Like year two, you should be super good at the end of it, like pummeling your legs, being able to pummel and like win, um, like win over the top. So like you're, you're able to lasso and you're able to, you know, pummel to the legs and people are trying to control your feet and you're, you know, able to windshield wiper out of that. Get good at pummeling, pummel to the shoulder, pummel to the hip, pummel to the knees, be frustrating. That's a skill that's going to frustrate every single one of your training partners. Anytime I'm training with somebody that's really good at pummelings, like beginner guys that are good at pummelings, I'm like always thinking in the back of my head, like, damn, this is frustrating. It's so hard to get a control of their feet. It's harder to win inside spaces. And you don't have to know what you're doing just yet because the guard is a very advanced skill. So we're not really even thinking about sweeping just yet. We're just thinking about how to keep your guard, how to retain it. Somebody starts winning around the corner, pummel your leg over top. You should be thinking about grambing. I don't think grambing is like necessarily a year two skill. I think it's something you should be, you know, like, um, you know, you should have seen before and you definitely should, you know, be trying to use, but it shouldn't be a huge part of your game just yet. But the pummeling. And you should also be able to get your guard back from just like framing, right? A lot of framing is talked about in that first year of survival. And now you're thinking about that second step of how do I get my guard back? Ah, oh, they beat my knee. Oh, they're almost on my hip. How do, I, how do I frame and get that knee back inside? This is going to set you up for further success because purple belt's really defined by the guard. Sweeping and attacking from the guard. And so if you can do this groundwork, and just try and get to the point where you know you can hold people off for 30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half, two minutes from passing, man, you are going to be so happy when you're a couple years down the road and you're really starting to try and get good at your guard. The third thing is pinning. And anytime you're on top, I'm not talking about passing. I'm not talking about like, even like offense or anything like that. I'm just talking about purely pinning. And this is something I talked to you guys about a couple of episodes ago where I was like, man, I wish I would have focused on pinning a lot sooner. And I think year two is really the time to start really getting uh, focused on pinning. And it's going to be really easy to train that skill with like brand new dudes. And I think it's a very important skill to train with brand new people. The brand new guys generally, right, they're going to be very, very um, spazzy. And the best thing to do with a guy like that is to get on top and just stay on top. And you're just thinking any position you're on top, do not get swept. So you can't be that guy anymore. Your year one's over. You can't be the guy that gets touched and falls over. The wind blows and you just fall over. We've all been that guy before. Somebody touches your head and you just fall to your side and you're back. <laughs> like you've just been shot. But you can't do that anymore. You're staying on top. And you're trying to pin. You're just trying to keep your partner down for as long as possible. I don't care if you know the names of the guards. I don't care if you know what positions you're in. Your whole job is to stay on top and to try and 
pin and stop your opponent from moving. Whatever position it is, it does not matter. Do not get swept. So keep your base, stay on top, and be heavy. You're just thinking about how you can impede um, and negate movement from your partner. And I think a great place to start with that is half guard and butterfly guard. So just getting into butterfly guard, locking your opponent down, getting into half guard, locking them down. And then once you've passed, you're thinking about how you can get under hooks, you know, cross faces and all of that to keep those shoulders and head pinned. Um, I don't think mount necessarily is like, I'm not talking about like pinning from the mount or anything. I think pinning from the mount's a very advanced skill. Thinking more about, again, just out and like, instead of like being out in space, just getting in there and, and trying to hold people down. And what's nice is, uh, like, again, when you're, when you're rolling with somebody that's been training less than a year, guys that are, you know, two, three months in, most of the time, you know, they're just, they're going to just fall over anyways. And so when you fall over, it's just an opportunity for you to get on top. But a lot of people, once they get on top, um, you know, they still kind of have those tendencies of, okay, well, I'll just go back to my back. That's what I did in year one. Like, no. Year one's over. We are not falling over anymore. Stay on top. And pinning's way easier. Like to me, pinning is a skill that is so much easier than submitting. And I'm like, God, why didn't I like start doing this in my game a long time ago? It's really not that difficult. It's way easier, uh, as I said, than like trying to like, you know, do eight different things to to submit a guy. And so I think you're going to find that like this is a, a skill that's pretty easily learned if you just focus on it. But so many people, their focus is purely on the submission. Um, what I'm telling you to do is it's like really just two different types of attacks, right? We've got our truly like submissions and then we've got our pinning. We've just got, hey, I'm trying to stay on top. And that's a whole nother form of attacking. And um, I think it's super important to becoming a well-rounded grappler. The last thing is relationships, training relationships. And this kind of, uh, I've kind of already alluded to it, but just feeling comfortable asking people to train. So many people just don't do that. The quicker you can become com like comfortable with that and like talking to your training partners, asking for help, asking like, I mean, I'm at the gym every single day. And if I'm not, I, I tell people this all the time, like if I am not actively doing something, come up and ask a question, you know? Now there's definitely times where if I'm like really focused in on a role, like especially like Nakaya, she just had this big competition today at Subversive. She faced one of Wagner Rocha's students and she dominated her. So Nakaya won her Subversive match. She's on a roll right now and uh, couldn't be happier, but you know, hey, she's got a big tournament coming up. I might be focused for, you know, four or five rounds watching her, coaching her, and just, you know, thinking about how I can help her. But if I'm ever just chilling and you see me just looking at my phone or whatever, like come up and ask me a question. And so many people don't utilize their training partners. They don't train with the people they even want to train. Like a lot of people, they'll see like, oh, I really like training with Jim, but I don't want to ask Jim to train with me because... I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like it's my place. I don't, you still see yourself as that new guy that hasn't you know, etched out a spot for himself. Like, no, you've been here a year. You might not be a blue belt yet, but you are part of the club. I'm telling you, most people, 90 
plus percent of people that start Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu do not make it to a year. So start seeing yourself as part of the club. Start asking questions. Start asking people to roll. Start talking to your instructor. Start developing relationships at your gym, especially if you're training there, you know, a couple times a week. I mean, people know who you are. So start asking, start doing and start, you know, just doing what you need to do to get better. And ask, you know, higher belts to roll. If you really like rolling with the higher belt, ask that higher belt to roll. It's just like asking a girl out. The worst thing that's going to happen when you ask a girl or a guy out is what? They're just going to say no. Once you get over the fear of rejection, it's no big deal. It really isn't. Same thing. If you go up to a brown belt and they tell you, ah, no, not today. Like, no big deal. Go ask somebody else to roll. But you're going to find more often than not, those people are going to say yes. And... Um, again, I just think that's super important. I think you should also be like trying to develop like main training partners. Find that person. Like, who do you like drilling with? I really like drilling with Mark. Well then go ask Mark, like, Hey, do you want to be my drill? Like if we're here, like, would you mind like just drilling with me? Now, if you feel like it's not reciprocated for whatever reason, like that person's like not making eye contact with you and or whatever, then like maybe don't push it, but you know, right? We're all pretty intelligible, like human beings, and we've all been there before. Like you know, if somebody, uh, you know, doesn't want to train with you or not. But I'm telling you, most people are also looking for that too. And so you see a guy, okay, me and him, we've been here around a year together. Well, start pairing up. Kind of make him your main training partner. Start asking him, like, hey, how do you like to drill techniques? Like, how do you want me to act as an uki? Do you want a little bit more resistance? And you're going to find after a couple months of that, you're going to get much better results from drilling. So develop your relationships. I just think that's also important. Like, a part of getting promoted is having relationships at the gym. Like, you're not going to get a belt promotion no matter your skill the first six months so you could come as a purple belt to a gym and be slaughtering dudes but you're not going to get that purple belt the next day you've got to develop a relationship there and as somebody that's on year one looking to you know be there a whole nother year like hey it's time to take those relationships to that next level it's time to develop deeper relationships and it's time to develop relationships that are going to benefit you as well as your teammates because for you like like when you develop a relationship um, you know, w- with that person, uh, it's only going to make them better, which is in turn going to make everybody else better. And I just think that's like a big thing that gets kind of lost is that relationship side, like how important that is to development. So in conclusion, I, I really think those four areas um, should be focused on from year one to year two. Thinking about your offense. You're getting good at your guard retention, just pummeling your legs and being able to find your guard uh, again after somebody's passed. You're thinking about pinning. Just stay on top. Be heavy. Be unco- like Make that person uncomfortable. Stop their movement. I don't care how you do it. Just stay on top and try to pin them. And the last thing, you develop relationships. And if you take the things that you've learned from year one, that survival and defense and getting comfortable and just some of the basic movements, and then you couple that with some of these year two things I've just talked about, you're going to be a handful, and you're going to be a really good blue belt, and you're going to set yourself up for future success. I mean, you got to think, like, your first two years are kind of the pillars of your training. 
So I think it's important to you know take it seriously, obviously have fun, but we should always be thinking about how we can best optimize our training time. And yeah, that's super important. Now, obviously, you've been training longer than a year. You've been training longer than two years. You've been training five, six years. You can still kind of ask yourself these same questions because I think people all the time, like they'll miss things. And there's nothing wrong with going back. And so you might be somebody that's been training five years, but you don't have a main training partner. Well, why not? I think that's something that is crucial. All the best guys in the world have a couple of main training partners. It's important. What's your relationship uh, like with your instructor? What's your offense like? How do you improve your offense? Because I know dudes, again, that are, that are purple, brown, and even black belts that are uncomfortable like asking people to roll. They're uncomfortable to, they're uncomfortable with, uh, you know, saying no. They're uncomfortable with choosing their rounds. Like, you know, these are all things that should be developed early on. So then you're not that purple belt that can't ask people to roll. Or you feel weird, like, oh, I don't know, like, I just don't really do that. Like, no, ask somebody to roll. Until next time, guys, I love and appreciate you. Peace.